So I was asked um, a question about karma, and so I'm going to speak a little bit about um, karma, but it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about karma just by itself because there's a few things that need to be understood in order to understood, under, understand karma. So that is, uh, the first thing really is to understand who is experiencing karma. The, um, so I'm going to read a few verses from the Bhagavad Gita here, and then I'm going to explain a little bit. As a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, similarly the soul accepts new material bodies, giving up old and useless ones. The soul can never be cut into pieces by any weapon, nor he be burned by fire, nor moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. The individual soul is unbreakable and insoluble, and can never be burned nor dried. He is everlasting, all-pervading, unchangeable, immovable, and eternally the same. It is said that the soul is invisible, inconceivable, immutable, and unchangeable. Knowing this, you should not grieve for the body. For one who has taken birth, death is certain. And for one who is dead, birth is certain. Therefore, in the unavoidable discharge of your duty, you should not lament. Um, so... This is so Krishna here is speaking to Arjuna about who the, what the soul is or who the soul is. Many people have a, a kind of a strange idea, especially in the Western world. They, they identify themselves, they think, I am a physical body. This body is me. I am male, I'm female, I'm black, I'm white. They identify totally with the body. They think the body is me. And when they, they think death, at death, everything finishes because my body ceases to function. So they think that because my body doesn't function, that means I don't function, and that's it. That's lights out, and then that's the end of it. There's no more consciousness. But actually, it's, it's very clearly stated here that um, the, the, uh, the, a person, let me read exactly what it says here. As a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, Similarly, the soul accepts new material bodies, giving up the old and useless ones. So just like I have some clothes on, I may have a gray, gray shirt on right now, um, but you know, when, at the end of the day when the shirt becomes stinky and useless, I take it off and then, um, then you know, I put on a, a new shirt after that, right? So um, this... This, the same thing happens with the body. The body gets old and useless and you take it off at, when it becomes useless and then you, nature provides you another body. So, uh, someone may ask then, well, what determines what type of body I get next time? That's a logical question. That's the, the next question someone would ask, right? So, do you guys want to know or what? No? We can finish right now if you want. Okay. So, um, there's two main factors that are... Actually, I don't have any uh, verses here to 
Um, I don't know where they are in the Bhagavad Gita, but in this an another uh, scripture called the Srimad Bhagavatam, it speaks very clearly about how, um, about what happens when the soul leaves the body and what determines the next body that it takes on. So, uh, just very briefly, the, the, we actually we have two bodies on. We have the gross physical body that you can see. You can, when you're looking at me, you see my gross physical body. And this is, see this appears to be me, you know, and it, it, it's really interesting how when we, we see someone, we think, oh yeah, that's them, you know, that's that, that person. But if you see them at a, if you see that same body at their wake, you know, at their funeral, you, real, you see the body there, but you realize the person's gone. There's nobody home. If anybody's ever seen a dead human body, it's quite apparent. It's just a shell. There's nobody actually there anymore. It's just the, you know, the covering is there, but the person is gone. That's why there's no, there's no relationship. And what if the guy had a personality, a very funny personality, or very charismatic, all that is finished now because, I mean, all, that, that body is not charismatic anymore. It, it behaves just like any other matter if you just... You know, it doesn't, it doesn't protest, it doesn't make jokes, it does whatever you do with it, right? But when there's somebody in the body, then, you know, you say you, you, f you, you, f you take the body and you put makeup on it or something. You know, if, someone were to, if I was laying there and someone were to put makeup on me, I would protest. But a dead body, you put makeup on the dead body and it doesn't protest because there's nobody there. It's a very simple thing. So, um, so this, this, this physical body is the one is one layer of clothing that we have on is, c is compared to like the outer garments. But there is another body that we have is compared to like the undergarments, which is the mind. So the mind is, is also made of material energy, but it's not gross material energy, it's more subtle. You can't see it. Even some gross material energies you can't see, like you can't see air or ether. Right, you can't see those energies, but they're there. We can we can experience air. We breathe air, you know, but we can't see it. So, but it's a material energy. It's made of matter. But the mind uh, is also made of material energy, but it's very subtle material energy, even more subtle than air or ether, even. But there is this covering of this energy called mana, or the mind, that's covering over you, the living being, over the soul. So. The contents of the mind are there, um, and the contents of the mind is uh, is there by what you did with your body. So, uh, if you whatever you do with your eyes, your ears, your nose, your your sense of touch, that that gets stored there in the mind, that all that information, everything you've seen, you've heard, uh, you, you've touched, uh, smelled, is all there in the mind, recorded in the mind. You know, that's why when you smell something, immediately you remember, oh, that takes me back to, it's, all, it's already there, it's stored in the mind. You might have forgotten some, about something for, uh, you know, 15, 20 years, but as soon as you smell that same thing again, immediately you remember because that information is, is stored there in the mind. So, everything we do with our senses is there in the mind. 
And the conglomeration of that, the combination of that, goes to form our consciousness. Our consciousness. It's like the consciousness is like the way you see the world in a sense. The way you, when you, you know, two people can be looking at the exact same thing, but they see it in two completely different lights. Even if they're identical twins, they have the same body, but they have a completely different mind depending on what they did with their mind. So if you had two identical twins, and one spent one whole week uh, watching, uh, a por watching porn on the internet, he spent the whole week doing that. And then the other twin, he spent the, the whole week uh, watching, um, I don't know, uh, uh, same thing. <laughs> um, Give me something. Comedy shows, right? He was watching comedy. So uh, that's, you know, twin B was watching comedy, twin A was watching porn. So after that week of sitting there watching the comedy shows and the porn, they both go out into the street and they see a woman, right? They have the same body, exactly the same body, but when they look at a woman, they, they look at her in a completely different way. Right? You understand? One person may think of a funny joke when he looks at her, and the other one thinks of some thing he can do to her. Right? So they, they, they see the exact same thing with the same bodies, but in completely different lights. Why? Because of what they did with their senses. You see? So what they did with their senses had an effect on their mentality. This is why we, we practice uh, mantra meditation, because the, the sound vibration, it has a huge effect on uh, the way we see things. Sound is so important. You know, people spend so much energy uh, working out their bodies and eating the right stuff, uh, eating healthy, taking their supplements. But those same people have no consideration for what they put into their minds. They'll go sit in front of any movie, any TV show, doesn't matter, they'll just watch it, and whatever, whatever comes, that's what I listen to, it doesn't really matter. But you can see, like, if you, before you go into a movie, you might be having a, a particular, you might be seeing things in a particular light, and then you watch the movie for an hour and a half, and then you leave the theater, and you're just like, your whole mood and your whole, um, just your way of seeing things is totally changed, right? You guys ever experienced that? It's like, you totally see things in a completely different light. So, why? It's because what you did with your senses, what you did with your ears and your eyes. So, we, when we make a conscious effort to, to engage the mind and engage the senses in the mantra meditation because it has the purest effect on our hearts and in our minds. It purifies our hearts, purifies our minds. So we can see things actually as they are. Now, when a person, he, so a person lives his whole life uh, doing certain things with his senses and his mind and so on. So this, this, what he does, he forms different types of desires, you know, he forms a, a particular type of consciousness. So when he leaves, when he leaves the body, oh sorry, when he leaves, yeah, when he leaves the body, this gross physical body, uh, he, 
he takes off the physical body. He takes off the earth, air, water, fire, air, and ether that's, com that's making up this physical body. Uh, that's why you can see it there. That's why there's a person in the casket and there's nobody there. But what you don't know is that he's taken with him the mind. So there's the soul. He's left the gross physical body. And now he's covered by the mind. Okay? The subtle body. So, uh, now this subtle body, uh, it, it acts as the nucleus by which the next body is formed. So, um, just like you have um, gloves, different size gloves that fit different size hands, right? So, the hand here is compared to the mind. It's got a particular size and a particular shape. So, it gets a glove or a material body that's suited for that mentality. You see? You know, there's so many people with so many types of desires uh, that, you know, that there's many, many bodies that, that could be provided to them. Uh, and, and, and the human body isn't, isn't necessarily conducive to that person's desires. So, um, for example, Brother A, who spent his life and with a huge attachment to pornography, he's going to have, uh, he's developing a certain type of consciousness. And in the human form of life, the, the human body is, uh, you know, it's, it's not as conducive to that type of enjoyment as other types of bodies are. The reason is, is because uh, the sex life in the human body, it causes all kinds of problems. Immediately you start worrying. One, am I going to get any diseases? Am I going to get her pregnant? Um, and then there's all these problems with the person, you know, you, you didn't pay enough attention to her, or, you know, or now you got attached, and, and, and anyway, there's all kinds of fighting going on. It causes all kinds of problems, right? It's not, it's not really that, you know, but if you have like a, a, a pigeon, for example, pigeons, I heard, can have sex a hundred times a day. And, and, and they don't, they don't, they're, they're not like, you know, they, 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 just, they, they go from pigeon to pigeon to pigeon with, with, with no guilt. You know, no guilt and no problems. They just go from one, one to the next. And, and uh, you know, and we think, well, you know, I'm not really attracted to birds. But, but you know, it's, it's not that, like, when, when you get a, it's just like you get a, I'm in a male body, so immediately... I get nature makes it so I'm attracted to women. So the the pigeon, he's the pigeon is enjoying is interested in the sexual enjoyment too. Nature arranges it so she becomes or he becomes very attracted to the female pigeon. Right? It's it's not like when a beautiful human walks by, the pigeon goes, Whoa, look at that. <laughs> the, the the pigeon is intensely attracted to the other pigeon. That's just the way that's just the way nature works. But now it can enjoy um, sex life with the other pigeon, um, you know, without any hang-ups, without any, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who lays the eggs of the pigeon. You know, uh, the pigeon, the male pigeon is not responsible at all and the female <laughs> pigeon doesn't really care. It's all arranged by nature like this. So, you see, so we need to be careful what we do with our senses because it develops a certain type of consciousness and that determines the future bodies.
So if we want to have a human body in the next life, then um, there is uh, a certain propensity that we must cultivate. And that is that uh, the, uh, see the human body, we have, we have four of the same basic traits as animals do. We eat, we sleep, we mate, and we defend. Animals, that's the four basic propensities of animal life. They eat, sleep, mate, and defend. But the human beings have a fifth propensity that animals don't have, and that's the propensity to inquire into the absolute truth, to um, question, who am I? What is the purpose of life? Where is real happiness to be found? Uh, like this. You see, this is, this is, this is human consciousness or human, human life. So, um, if, you, if you're spending your, at least some of your life uh, with these, this type of questioning, this type of wanting to know, wanting to experience something, uh, hap something better than simply just enjoying the senses, then you're cultivating, you're at least using your human form of life as a human rather than just an animal. But if you're simply uh, in a human, human body and you're just eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, um, then actually you don't really want, you don't realize it, but you don't really want a human life. You know, because a, animal life is more, con more conducive to your desires. There's a lot less problems and responsibilities trying to attain those um, pleasures in the animal form of life. So, the, the, um, that was a very brief ex explanation of the uh, desires part of, of this um, talk, but this is one of the two factors that determines what happens, you know, the next body you get is your desires, because you form a particular mentality. Now, there's a second um, uh, law that determines um, your next body, and that's the, called the law of karma. The law of karma actually means action. Some people think it means reaction, but it actually means action. And so what you, everything you do, every, for every action there's a reaction. For anything that you do that's uh, nice to someone, oh, you get that back. If you cause harm to someone in some way, you get that back too. So this, this is always there. This law, this, this law of karma is there too. So, you know, I, I was watching this, this, docu this man, this, this guy, he was just a real, not a cool guy. Uh, and he was Stephen Fry. You guys ever heard of this guy, Stephen Fry? He was saying how, like, um, he was just, he was saying just this, he, just, he had this real, this hate in his heart for God. You know, he's this real, like, strong hate. And he was saying how, um, you know, how dare you, he was talking to God like this, how dare you create these little uh, beings, these little, ant, I don't know, little tiny roaches or something that borrow in children's eyes and make children go blind, you know. Uh, if, and he was, he was saying, well, if God was um, compassionate, then this wouldn't happen. If, if God, if, if, you know, he's trying to say that God's a sadist because these beings are created that you know, do nothing but cause harm. And of course, this world is full of suffering, different kinds of suffering, not just 
burrowing little insects. Um, but, uh, you know, this is quite a sensitive subject for a lot of people, but um, the, the reason why a child who hasn't really done anything, the reason why he's suffering, you know, he's, he, you know, he's born already with this thing in his eye, he didn't, he didn't create, he didn't, you know, he, his body looks very cute and very beautiful and very innocent. But um, if we understand the science of the soul, that, that being that's now in the little baby body existed before uh, in another body. See? He existed before he was in that baby body. And in that body that he existed in before, he could have been Adolf Hitler. He could have been Mao Zedong, or he could have been somebody who created a lot of suffering to living beings. You see, and now they have, he has to, he has to pay back that karma. He's got to pay it back. You see, so it's not that God is arbitrarily making someone suffer and someone somebody enjoy. One per person gets born in a in a very wealthy family with a beautiful body uh, in a very nice part of the world with no diseases and then somebody else is born in a, in a place um, like Siberia where it's really cold and you know it's, it's, it's a lot of suffering right from the very beginning and parents that abuse the child and so on. Why? It's because this is, this is because you know, if we want, if we want to, we have to understand it's the law of karma. This person is not, didn't begin when the body began. The person is eternal, an eternal living being. Before he put on those clothes, he had other clothes on before. Those clothes got old, and now he's got some new clothes. So this is why. Um, so this is the law of karma. As you sow, so shall you reap. And so this karma and uh, the desires that are there in the mind dictate. Um, what happens, I mean, what kind of body you get in your next life. So, the cycle, the wheel of birth and death. So, if a person wants to get out of this birth and rebirth um, syndrome, uh, then he must uh, become liberated. Uh, this is the, the, the process of yoga, um, is the process of liberation, the process of uh, becoming attached to God. When a person becomes attached to God, then he, his subtle body or his, his mental body dissolves, and he's, uh, his interest is no longer uh, trying to enjoy the world in various ways. His interest is simply in uh, having a deep and close uh, relationship of servitude to the Supreme Lord. It's loving service. So, um, if a person develops this attachment to God, he becomes uh, not attached, to the, he, he loses his attachment to the world. And then at the end of the body, then he goes to God, and then he doesn't take birth again in the material world. But um, if, if a person does not do this, and simply is uh, living by the um, uh, the mental desires and the um, the body's desires, 
then he becomes more and more entangled in karma and <coughs> desires, and this is a cause of bondage to the world, and then he must um, continue being born and reborn in, in this world. So, um, how's that? Did, that under, did you understand that? Um, I just wanted... My question was more, was less uh, metaphysical and more ethical regarding suffering, I guess, and karma, the role that karma plays in suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, use the example of Hitler. Yeah. Uh, so all, all the Jews who Hitler put in you know, ghettos and concentration camps, by this logic, they deserve that somehow. In which case Hitler was not a bad person, he was just an instrument of karma <coughs> and helping them. The thing is, it, it is a kind of a tough question, you know? Yeah. And, and it, it's actually very complex, it's not so simple, you know? Yeah. But, um, uh, and actually, to make it even more um, interesting, I guess, is that everyone, when they act, they're acting not on their own. Um, it's not really them that's doing it. They're being pushed and pulled by nature, by material nature. You see, so actually the whole thing, if you look at an even broader picture, the whole thing is actually designed. The suffering is there. It's built in to the world, and by. Uh, by by when a person comes into the material world, he's he's his free will is simple is only uh, to serve God or not. In other words, to be the loving servant of God, and then that's it. If you don't choose that, then you're automatically um, uh, pulled down into the material world. And then now this is another long subject which we don't have time to go into today, but I'll just briefly. Uh, explain is that uh, everybody is pulled around by three uh, what's called gunas the mode of passion uh, that's rajas uh, the mode of uh, goodness sattva and the mode of ignorance tamas so these um, for example the mode of goodness really quickly is or the mode of let's start with the mode of ignorance or tamas is the mode of uh, darkness and this this is characterized by laziness, sleep, intoxication. So you know these are desires that come about over us without us even desiring them. These these it's, this mode just comes over you. This laziness, this this desire for forgetfulness, intoxication, and sleep. And then you have the the mode of passion. Uh, you know this desire for um, sensual in, sensual enjoyment uh, uh, this is not something that we choose for it to be there it just comes over us you see so we're pushed and pulled around by these desires like you may be wanting to go to sleep and then you may notice the desire of pa- the desire for passion comes about and and it, you're trying to go to sleep and it's there and it's 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 bothering you it's not something that you called for it to come, it just came, you see? Or, and then the, there's the mode of goodness, which is a desire for my own peace, for peacefulness, uh, for um, happiness, and so on. 
And this is very briefly explaining these three. So these three are like ropes pulling, pushing and pulling on the living beings, making them act in certain ways, you see. And so, uh, actually, we, once we choose, we, we, I'm saying things that, are, that need a lot of explanation, but very quickly. Once we, once we decide that uh, I want to try to enjoy separately from um, service to God, then I come under the, this law, these laws of material nature, and I'm pushed and pulled around by these um, gunas or these modes. So, actually, um, Hitler got this desire for power and uh, this hate for the Jews and so on because of simply making the decision that I want to be, I want to try to enjoy separately from my service, to, from serving Krishna. And, and so he came under the laws of material nature and they just basically sh moved them around like this, you see. And then the whole play was played out by material nature, and these people were simply actors by, you know, under the spell of material nature. Um, but this whole, this whole show, this whole thing, all the suffering, all the pleasure, all the happiness, is just temporary, you see. They're all, they just happen for some time, and then they go, and then they, this, this person goes into another life, and he goes into hell for some time, he goes into the middle planet for some time, he goes into the heavenly planets for some time, and, he, and the soul is just cruising around in the material sphere, like this. But, and, until the soul makes a decision, I'm not getting the enjoyment that I wanted from this uh, enjoying separately from God. I want to know God. I had enough of this. And then um, from this feeling of dissatisfaction with their life comes inquiry into the Absolute Truth. From this inquiry into the absolute truth, the person God leads the person back to Him, and then He's able to uh, transcend these modes and uh, be resituated in the natural condition of the soul, which is this condition of union with God, of yoga, uh, being one with God in love and will and purpose, and then and then uh, this then the soul becomes liberated from the material world. So the whole thing really is designed um, for, it's like a rehabilitation. And th this is a, another very long subject, which I don't think, I'm not sure if we have time for tonight. But um, is, that, is that okay for now? No, well, I still have more questions, but uh, um, maybe not time. Yeah, we don't have time now, but we can, we can talk later. All right? Is that okay? Mm -hmm.